Well, it would have started off originally as the lowrider episode. It turned into some weird episode. So, hey, a butterfly landed on my hand, though. It was pretty cool. White butterfly. I think it's called a cabbage butterfly. You know what they say, when you see a white butterfly, it means someone got married in the temple today. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Episodes are going to be coming out. Lots of them. Okay, what are we doing right now? We're headed towards the cemetery, the Mount Olive Cemetery. I think I'm kind of done with the Olivet aspect of things. Um, we're headed towards Mount Olive Cemetery. And although I may not have any direct relatives that I know of here at this cemetery, I still find it very peaceful and tranquil, serene. And I enjoy being here. I could go to the relatives at my, or my relatives over at the Salt Lake City Cemetery, uh, the Raddins. They have a little plot out there, the Raddins. ancestors there that came from uh, all across from different various parts of the world. We probably could go visit James Roberts Hall. You want to? <laughs> Off we go. Let's go. I think we're gonna go over there. Um, actually, hang on. Hang on. It's one of those. It's one of those episodes. Well, it's the end of the month. We're cranking them out. It's gonna be a long weekend. You guys are gonna have a lot to listen to and you can choose not to listen to it if you don't want to. If you don't want to listen to it, then don't freaking listen to it. Jeez. I'm coming over here because I want to see if I can get the Wi-Fi signal, if we can triangulate that, if I can get a positive signal over here, if I can get a positive, if I can get a positive ID, now if I can get a positive, if I can get the Wi-Fi signal, we can just hang out over here in this corner all day, just hang out on the freaking computer, on the internet, I'm not sure that I'm getting one though, it might be too far, yeah, it's probably too far. Well, well, see what happens. Um, I hope everyone's having a good day today. I hope everyone's trading day went okay. I'm gonna be too far away. We're not gonna get a signal. All right. We're just gonna go to our usual spot, I think. Um, yeah, and I'm just gonna talk about whatever. Life, um, trading maybe a little bit too. Maybe a little bit. But I have to say, man, this is not good. I'm in not a good situation here. It's scary now for me, a lot. <laughs> a lot more than it was just yesterday, a week ago, last month. Like, I am freaking terrified here of what's to come for me, for like me personally, and what's in store. Um, I haven't done anything bad, so it's nothing like that. Like, it's not like uh, I have warrants out for my arrest and what have you, at least not that I know of. Jeez, that would be something else, wouldn't it? You guys remember the grave who has, what her name was? That we have the same gravestone? Or same birthday? Same gravestone too, probably. You remember her name, anyone? Anyone? Wizard of Oz, Dorothy? Dorothy Leanne Richards. Same birthday. You wanna go look at her grave? Hold on, before I do that though, before we go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Should be getting those squirrels. Some curious squirrels. Around here shortly, I'm sure. I'm sure I can find some crumbs or cookies in here. Ridiculous. 
It's a frog sound. There it is. That means I'm getting drunk. Dude, Coors makes the best beer. When it's hot outside, and I'm coming to the cemetery because I got no other options, and I just need to be out of the studio because it's hot and stuffy up there, and trading and making podcasts, just trying to make some money. I'm trying to get out there and make some money, babe. I'm trying to make some money, babe. Babe. Nothing is more refreshing on a hot summer's day at the end of July than Keystone Light. 24 fluid ounces, grab a stone. 2021 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, 80401. Questions? Call us at 1-800-322-2399. Please recycle. Please recycle. <laughs> What's the date today? 29th? Well, it was just nine days ago, uh, 10 days ago, just shy of two weeks in the making, frog sounds, 10 days ago, I gathered a bunch of cans to be recycled, aluminum cans to be recycled, and I took those cans up to Utah Metalworks. And what I did there was I gave them my cans to be recycled, like as stated on this 24 fluid ounce of Keystone Light, and Coors, uh, Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. Recycle your cans and then get them recycled, get paid. Get an Apple computer and turn to Jeff Goldblum. Or order pizza online. Now, Here's the deal. I took those cans to be recycled. I had intended for them to be recycled, okay? That was my intentions. But what ended up happening when I was trying to recycle those aluminum cans at Utah Metalworks, what ended up happening was they took my cans. They gave them to someone else. They kept them for, I don't know. They didn't know where they put the cans. I didn't know where they put the cans. You don't know, I don't know. Utah Metalworks. If you're in the Salt Lake City metropolitan area, a cheerful bird right there, a couple, three of them. Get out of here, birds. I'm trying to feel sorry for myself, all right? Stop trying to cheer me up because it's not going to work. So I don't know. Maybe they gave them to somebody else. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But I didn't get paid, and no one knows where my cans went. If I had to figure out a slogan for Utah Metalworks, it would be, Utah Metalworks, where'd you put your cans? You don't know. I don't know. That's it. It's, it's kind of catchy. Well, I have some sunglasses here with me, and I'm not trying to... There's, I don't have any plans to do to sell anything at the cemetery. None. I'm not peddling my wares at the cemetery. However, um, I wouldn't say no. 
if someone came by and was like, hey, do you have any sunglasses for sale? I'd be like, well, hey, it just so happens, I sure do. But other than that, I don't really have any plans to do it. I just come here for like uh, enlightenment, for like comfort. Uh, here at Mount Olive Cemetery, I really feel like a peace and a tranquility that doesn't really exist anywhere else. And I come here alone all the time and I spend hours here alone just looking at all the graves and realizing and recognizing how short life really is. And I think it's it's not a game I play or it's not really fun, I guess, because it's, it's a cemetery. But something that I do is when I'm walking around and admiring some of the gravestones and headstones and architecture that uh, the time that people took to erect some of these things, um, they're really quite beautiful. And the little mausoleum things, it's, it's something that I'm just really into architecturally. And I'm not sure what specific uh, psychology states or subscribes to the idea that most of our um, personality and such is formed and created at uh, impressionable ages, six, seven years old, maybe first seven years. It's the Jesuits who said, you know, give me a child for seven years and I'll give you the man. And I think there's a lot to that because when I was like six years old, five years old, seven years old, whatever, uh, I played a lot of Castlevania. I was really into Castlevania. I was into Halloween, Castlevania. I loved it. I loved I loved Castlevania so much, man. It was, I played it all the time. I loved the music and I just loved the bones and stuff in it. It was just so much fun. And I can't help but wonder if that's part of where this um, appreciation for these cemeteries come from. Because I don't know where, where else, yeah, I don't know why else it would Unless there's some sort of connection that I have to like the, the spiritual, uh, the underworld, I guess you could say, right? I don't know, maybe that, that's that too. Night creatures and you never know. But other than that, I like coming here just to kind of recalibrate, trying to regroup, um, kill time, whatever. I'm not sure what I'm doing anymore. Um, without trading, without money, without a phone, like I'm just sort of in trying to embrace the homeless lifestyle, the what's about to come for me. And it sucks. It sucks that I, I went through all this effort and I, I jumped through all the hoops and then here you go. Here's where you land. It's so sad. It's just so sad, man. And it's not who I am. At least I don't think so. I don't feel that way. I don't feel like I should be categorized in this like deadbeat loser category, but there, here I am, deadbeat loser in the flesh right here for you. I wish I would have had enough money to buy some of those 411 puts at the close there. Monday. I probably would have bought him for the 3rd, August 3rd instead, but either way, that's what I would have done. But I couldn't. So I don't have any money, and I'm hoping someone will score big. But another thing that gets to me, too, is, like, 
the amount of money that it would take for me today to like get some food and feel comfortable, I guess. Get some food. <laughs> really. It would be like 20 bucks. $15. A 12 pack of 16 ounce of Coors Light. Like that's not a lot of money. And there were times when I, yeah, I just, it, it sucks, man. Um, experiencing that. I sound like a broken record, but it's, it's the truth. It's all I can think about really lately. It's this experience that I had that's like so profound on me and had such an effect, impact on my life. And I'm at this age to where like I'm old. So it's not, it's not ideal. And I hate that it happened. And I hate that I was irresponsible enough to allow it to happen. And I wonder what's, what's the point here? It's one of those squirrels over there. They're fighting. Maybe they're trying, maybe they're playing. They're running, they're chasing after each other. No, it's peaceful here and I'm glad it's just not too windy. No, I had to say something, didn't I? up I think there's a lot of resentment that I have towards myself regarding just the irresponsibility that I allowed to happen and there's a lot of other stuff going on in my life at that time and it sucks that that had to happen um, in my life like at that time it it's the only thing that could have happened and I am not comfortable talking about it at all so I'm not going to um, but it's the only thing that could have happened that would have caused me to lose control or like lose sight of, I don't know. And I'll talk about it a little bit. I'll talk about it a little bit. So I was on this path to success without anyone's help or without anything happening. I was doing it and it was working and I was happy. I was so freaking happy and I was so proud because it was like I finally pulled it off. And it was great, man. It was, it was a dream come true. And I was buying stuff I needed. I bought a bed, I bought underwear, clothes, like socks, um, pillows. Like I was just buying stuff that I've, I've needed for a while, but the bed was something I needed and I had needed it and man, <clears throat> This, this event happened in my life and it, it caused such a disruption emotionally for me that I couldn't uh, get control, regain control of, of what I had before it happened. And I kept trying to chase it and get it back and whatever and it kept making things worse. But I wasn't in the right mindset and it messed me up so bad. And what sucks is that I was keeping it more or less a secret besides this podcast, which no one else was listening to back then. Um, and it was just like an audio diary. But I wasn't telling anyone like exactly how much I was making or like the success that I was experiencing. I told a couple close friends. I told uh, my uncle, I sent him some cash and that was it. And nobody else knew the trajectory that I was headed. 
and no one else knew the amount of money that I was making. And because I didn't want to tell them, the, the couple of people I told, I, it was immediately like the suspicion or like this weird um, vibe that it ruined the mood. And so I was like, I'm not telling anyone ever again. Like they're just not doing it. It's it's awkward. And like something I thought they'd be proud about or happy about, they're like, oh well, you can't you, know, you can't turn them dead. Yeah. It's like holy shit. Like they're like not cool with it or something. Um. And once that happened, it's like nobody knew the, the direction I was going. And then all of a sudden now here I am without any money or any resources at all whatsoever. And everyone's just suspicious about it. And the shittiest part, like the shittiest, shittiest part of it is that it wasn't like I was trying to avoid all this by selling that, that shit on eBay. And it's like, are you, you, you're kidding me. Your whole entire future, the momentum that you had going, your second chance, you're gonna take another swing at it, you would have landed it. Like, it's all because of eBay, really? It's like, yes, really. Fucking eBay, yeah. That e-commerce company, it, it stole money. And it ruined all the dominoes. It <laughs> set right back up. It was gonna, man. I remember texting my friend and saying, telling her, I was like, "It's been pretty rough, but I'm gonna get a second chance at this." I was expecting that 1,600 bucks when I was writing that. It just never came. At least not when I not when I needed it, which was by the April 16th, and that was a long time ago. Let's yeah, the ship has sailed off. And what's strange too is that I started to go um, around Father's Day, so two months after the fact. Yeah, really, it starts to get windy right now. Um, two months after the fact, on Father's Day, I start reading in that journal from my great, 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 great grandfather in England. Of course, it starts getting windy now. Oh, things on my socks. I took my shoes off. I took my shoes off, so what? I started reading in his journal and he's got this money tied up. He had like four years worth of money tied up in, what was it called? The um, Joint Stock Company, the Joint Stock Company. He's got all this cash saved up. He's coming to the States. It's go time. It's go time. It's go time. We've been saving up for four years. It's time to go to the promised land. It just doesn't happen, man. It didn't happen. The elder headlock, elder headlock, stole his money, or did mess it up somehow. I guess I can sympathize with elder headlock too a little bit. Like, oh, whoops, <laughs> sorry about that. Did I tell you, you getting those puts a little too soon. But it sucks, man. It sucks knowing like the potential, what I have, uh, what it could have been having this event happen, losing sight of everything, um, coping in various ways. And then now getting my head straight again, it's like, that's eh, too late for that. But on top of it all, like, well, why didn't you get your second chance? What happened in April? It's eBay stole my money. 
like period that's what happened they just took just took it for, for my own good for the safety of the ebay community it's such fucking bullshit and no one pays for it except for me i don't care if it's all i ever talk about i don't care i don't care it's like i'm blaming them i am blaming them it's their fault i've been trying to make it work since and it's just not going to it's not it's not gonna work not the way I'm doing it. So I don't know what to do. It's concerning. It, it's got me scared, I guess, yeah. And one of the big issues that I have is like the societal, the cultural aspect of things to where when I'm asking for, people always say all the time, hey, if you ever need anything, just come and ask me for, or, you know, I'll be, I'm here for you. I'll be here for you. But if they have any sort of suspicion or skepticism of, oh, he's drinking a lot lately. Oh, he's been, I think he's on drugs. We can't help him because he's on drugs. We, the, if we give him any money, it's just going to go straight to drugs. So no, they can't. That, that. Man, it's so backwards. Like that mindset, that approach to helping people based on uh, conditional help it, it's so wrong to me um it, it's it's exactly why they're turning to drugs it's exactly why uh, they need help is because no one's helping them <laughs> and since no one's helping them it's like they they need something to numb the pain and here i go i'm gonna start crying probably before all this happened i had I had the opinion that um, a lot of addicts are addicts because there's some sort of trauma there that was an event that was just so traumatic and corrosive mentally and like emotionally even physically I mean if you're in an accident or something you'd have these um, really extreme physical issues pains and that that trauma alone can can cause can do a lot of damage physically but then combine that with emotional and mental uh trauma on top of it um it's a it's a recipe it it creates this this need for comfort there has to be something there to like a band-aid but you can't put a physical band-aid on on emotion so it's like something fractures there and you have to seek it seek out um some sort of emotional healing and therapy and shit like that's fine for for some people but I think with addicts and people who have like criminal records or homeless or the resources aren't there and that's a whole different thing. But um, if the resources are there, if it's possible to see someone and, and seek out therapy and meet with someone, um, there's still issues of trust. And so if you have a record, a criminal record, might be years old, brand new, it doesn't matter, it, it's there and you're trying to work through it 
Um, maybe your criminal record even stems from like drug possession or some stupid shit like that. So you're trying to seek out therapy to, to, to not seek out drugs anymore. You know, I'm sure that the confidentiality thing is um, mostly true, but there's certain issues that if you say something or or intimate something that is possibly like illegal, I know that there's certain uh, topics that a therapist has to um, alert the authorities to, and I think most of it has to do with like abuse of children and elderly I think and there's probably some other stuff but I think those are the two big ones that no one can uh, keep it confidential if it's being disclosed to them I think legally something like that but if you're not doing any of those things which hopefully you're, you're not um, it's hard to gain that trust and it's hard to build that trust with a therapist um, especially when there's like money involved and, and accounts and like uh, I don't know, balances due, and you can't afford it, that's not fun. But when that trust is broken with a therapist, with like a parole officer, or um, like you said something and it went against your parole, and then like you're not going to work through that anymore. You're not going to trust the system at all anymore. That whole thera therapist side of things is going to be, that's not a good idea because I got in trouble for it with my parole off. Like, it's not just a quick fix with uh, homelessness and uh, drugs and crime and all that comes with it. Because the help is just not there. It's not being provided. It's not, it's not how, it, how it seems to others, I guess you could say, like, Everyone else can just go through their insurance, get therapy, and work through it that way, and they're fine. But if you have a criminal record that it shouldn't be a life sentence, but it is, and you just got in trouble for drugs again, drug possession, but the judge will be lenient on you if you seek, uh, I don't know, help for your addiction only to make things worse with disclosing who knows what. Like, who knows what it, it could be, but I've heard stories. I've, I've heard stories and I've sort of experienced the same thing myself, not with parole officers and things, but um, I've had a similar situation to where I, I disclosed something that wasn't even, it wasn't that big of a deal. In my opinion, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but I just, just to be honest, I told my therapist, and I, this was um, a couple of years ago. And so I told him about it, thinking like, it's it's a atmosphere of honesty. So that's what we're going off of. And I'm, I felt like I was familiar enough with the rules that something I was disclosing, it wasn't happened in the past, wasn't happening now, and it wasn't that big of a deal. At least that's what I thought. Only to meet with like um, the healthcare provider uh, a few weeks later or a week later, and it's just like 
you're kidding me. Like, she knows about it now? Or she's trying to hint towards that she knows and trying to get me to admit it. And, man, I was like, you're kidding me. Uh, this is, like, I, I felt betrayed, I guess. It just felt like it was, it was um, out of line. Because it wasn't, I wasn't abusing anyone. I wasn't doing anything with something I had done prior. And I wasn't still doing it. It wasn't to anyone. It wasn't even all that bad. At least that's what I thought. But she was just like kind of hinting that she knew about it. And so I was like, okay, well, this isn't going to work. Because it felt like people are gossiping or doing whatever. So I was done with that. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get penalized for telling the truth and being honest for something that happened weeks before just to try and disclose as much as I could. But that's what happened. And that was years ago. And it didn't seem fair. It didn't seem right. And I had, I should have listened to people that had said, don't go to that place. You know, it's not, it's kind of shady. Don't go to that practice. But I felt like, hey, if, uh, if it's a, if it's an honest, if it's, for therapy, it shouldn't really matter too much, like, where I go. And it does matter, kind of a lot, yeah. But part of that, too, was just something that was a, a referral that happened anywhere. Anyway. And it, it's, it's weird because it caused a lot of problems. That one honest disclosure, it caused, it, it was blown so far out of proportion once I was honest about it. I realized then I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not into this whole therapy thing at all anymore. Cause it's, you tell someone something and they just snitch on you, man. And they claim that it's all confidential, all privacy and, um, like it's totally safe and you're totally good. Anything, say anything you want, as long as it's just not this. And you know, most people don't do that. Abusing people and physically abusing people. Um, so as long as it's not that, everything, it's fair game. And we can talk about whatever you want. It's like, no, that's not how it is. It's not. They'll snitch on you. And so if you can't seek therapy that way, so how, what are you supposed to do? Just, let's numb the pain. Let's get all messed up and forget about what happened. Forget about how much it hurts. Or at least try to. Build up a tolerance, keep keep doing as much as you can either od or just get turned into a total junkie full-on junkie i think like socially and culturally we've got some pretty big issues to try and figure out here i'm experiencing this whole thing like <laughs> just by the seat of my pants you know anyway i don't know how to solve it besides just get rid of the stigma and actually try and help people instead of keep them trying to keep keep them placed in the position that they're in um i feel like as i mentioned in the previous episode like this whole experience for me i'm not going to be stuck here forever and if i am then i guess i am but it doesn't feel like that i don't feel that way i think it sucks i think it's horrible but i don't think it's permanent and i'll have to work through it however i work through it um, but one of the advantages that I feel like I have is like the ability to have a different scope of things to really experience what like an undercover boss, right? He goes in, he's undercover, he gets to experience how, why his employees hate him. 
why the employees aren't happy. It's like, oh shit, I'm expecting the, all these employees to survive. Like you're expecting your employees to exist and survive off of the wage that you're paying them. And then you go and try and do the same thing and you can't do it. Anyway, this person passed away on July 30th, 1883, or they were born on July 30th, 1883. Another uh, Masonic symbol on that one. This one passed away on July 16th, 2007. And their wife was born on July 12th, 1925. I, don't know, I feel like I can make a difference here. And I feel like I have the opportunity to infiltrate a different culture, a different society, but not infiltrate in nefarious ways, just infiltrate it and understand it better. And so that I can re represent um, a group of people, a society, really, it's a, a sub-society of people. And if I can represent them in a way that's positive and helps them in a way that others can understand it, then that's... I feel like that's kind of what this whole thing is, why it's happening. But I can take some photos of um, some of the uh, architecture that I'm talking about and display it for you there. Although I think we, when we gonna have the lowrider? I was taking a picture of a lowrider. <laughs> Maybe we'll have the lowrider. Yeah, I should probably do the lowrider. One of the other architecture some other time. But if I can help other people in this whole experience, um, that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm, I guess I can plan on doing once I get caught up or once I am able to land something kind of stable for a few seconds. Either way, um, whatever happens, happens. And if I end up getting lumped into this group forever permanently, even though I don't feel that it is and it ends up happening a different way, then that's, I'll just have to live with it, you know? Just be miserable my whole life. There's another one that's born. I'm, he was born, George was born, uh, what, 100? Do you hear that woodpecker? He was born 82 years before I was. You hear the woodpecker? Not that, that's a cicada. Maybe I can get a picture of this. I think it's a ladder-backed flicker, is what it looks like to me. But it could be something else. But it's a woodpecker for sure. Let me take a photo here. Yeah, you guys are just gonna have to be patient, all right? I can't really get, oh. No, it's not a very good photo. No, I can't really see anything. It's being quiet. This guy was born 82 years before I was, George. Now, sometimes I feel inspired to ask specific people for help and then when I do it's like wow I, that was embarrassing I shouldn't have done that anyway it's Dorothy Jean not Leanne and it's Richardson not Richard Dorothy Jean Richards same day Same birthday. Footprints in the sand. It's tough times, man. Tough gig. Tough gig I've landed myself into. Quite a conundrum.
Yeah, Dorothy Jeanne Richardson. She's 78. Loving wife, stepmother, and aunt. She was never a mom. Tough times, man. But that's how quick life is. Comes and goes. It's weird, man. Seeing some of these couples that are buried next to each other. At least have the headstone with the both their names. Um, it, they seem to pass away next to each other's birthdays, or it's it's weird. You know, it's a phenomenon that sometimes people pass away close to their birthday. But anyway, I'll publish this one against my better judgment. But uh, thanks so much for listening. Remember those puts, man. Hey, there's a butterfly in here. A white butterfly just flew inside. Come here, you. Wow. You'll land on me, I think. Come on. I think that's called a cabbage butterfly. It's gonna tire itself out here. Come on. It's okay. It just flew. Oh, it's landed on me. How magical. Off it goes. <laughs> no, don't fly back in here. Hey, thanks so much for listening. That's the cover art. Good luck. Take care.